Welcome everyone, we're about to begin, Be'ezus Hashem, BPJ number 21, that's Bayez Panimi um, joint group, Shear number 21, and we're going to talk today about how to avoid um, five things that lead to a sexless marriage, where, there, where there's no physical intimacy. And very often, many marriages that start out very good in all areas, including the physical aspects of it, end up having this sexless marriage where they're not physically intimate anymore, and they wonder what happened, and they can't even pinpoint it. And usually, it's an end of a long series of events that the couple themselves are not fully aware of, how it got to this point. And it is sad, because so many couples that are married for 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, where, you know, it was by just learning certain things about what it's about and what the connection is about, and learning certain skills that could truly enjoy that aspect that is so healing and, and so um, life-transforming even, of, of being very close with each other in a physical way uh, that is lost, that gift was lost. And truth be told, it's, it's never too late. And that is why we're talking about it now, that even if there was a drifting, there's ways to get it back, and we're going to discuss that today. So the first thing is, is the getting to know each other. And what happens is, is that when they first, very often, um, as newlyweds, um, you know, they begin with the love very often, the dopamine is high, and they're easily turned on, and they, they're, it's very exciting, they can't get enough of each other, and they're curious about each other, um, but what happens is, as we know, after a while, this newness wears off, and what was fresh and exciting in the early part stages of the relationship now is familiar and now is ordinary. And in order to maintain that freshness, they need to enter into a deeper knowledge of each other. And here is something that I said many times, and I'm going to say it again to explain how important this is, because many people that are married for a long time, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, more than that. And they say that they, you know, they know each other well. They really, truly only know each other superficially. Even if they say, I could read them like the book, I can know what the next words are going to come out of their mouth, and so on and so forth. They really only know each other superficially. If you think about it, don't just simply reject that notion. Think about it, and you'll see that it is very often true. If you don't get, try to gain a deeper knowledge of one another, then the sex life will suffer. And what is it, how do you get that deeper knowledge of one another? What do they think about? What excites them? What worries them? What they can, can they relate to? What are, what are they afraid of? What are their greatest dreams and aspirations? What are their greatest fears? And these are questions that many couples that are married for a very long time never take the time to explain about to, to each other. They never discuss this with one another. This is something that when we went through one of John Gottman's books, Emet Hashem, I hope to go through others as well, um, but he calls it love maps. What is love maps? Love maps is the, to map your spouse's inner world. You need to be very interested in your husband or your wife's inner world. Beyond questions like, 
what are you having for supper or did you pick up the cleaners or and so on and so forth and very often when you're saying you could read your husband or wife like a book it's more on those fish, fish superficial surface level types of behaviors that's most of our life and that's what they could read like a book but they really really don't know them truly and when it's superficial and dry in their interactions then their physical sexual life will also be superficial and dry and it translates into that and the key is to work on and progress to a point of learning how to know each other and learning how to ask those deep questions that create the emotional intimacy between the two. That emotional intimacy is needed for the sex to be there long term. So that is the first thing. The second thing is, is similar, but also very different, is that in many, many marriages, they never progress beyond the initial, initial stage of, of um, acceptance, of lack of acceptance, actually. So in other words, what I tried to what I'm trying to say here is, is that they never reached a point where they learned how to relax in the relationship, to relax in the relationship, and to accept who they are, accept your wife, accept your husband. This is sort of related to the deeper knowledge that we talked about just now, but it's very different. To explain it a little better is that in in the early stages it could have been. That sex was very exciting, but there was also an anxiety there. There was a lacking of a certain calmness. They don't really know each other that well, although they like each other that very well physically. And there's a lack of serotonin with a, the commitment and connecting to each other. And very often that very high libido and high sexual activity in the early parts of the marriage uh, hides that anxiety. But as time goes on, it's very important for long-term sexual relationship to continue and thrive is to learn the skill and seriously try to do this emotionally to put each other at ease and to let go of the anxiety and not worry about whether certain parts of your body are too big or too small or any type of thing like that. And you'll learn to relax and accept each other because this is something that, you know, people don't, talk about in the movies or in these romance novels, but actually one real secret to have great sex is to learn how to relax. Relaxation is needed to have a great, healthy, sexual, vibrant life. And why do you need to relax? Because the reason is, is because if you don't learn how to do that, it could be very awkward because you're naked, your genitals are exposed to one another, you're in a very vulnerable position, and if people don't feel accepted or relaxed by the way they are, they may weigh a little more. They're, they're not happy particularly with some parts of their body parts, but they need to learn how to overcome that and to relax, be accepting of themselves, be accepting of their husbands and wives with a full acceptance. Because if you don't do that, you'll never be fully comfortable with one another. And they tend to withdraw with one another. You have sometimes where one feels they, lo- they gained another 10 pounds or whatever it is. So they withdraw because they don't want their husband or wife to see them like that. And this is something that is a t- tremendous mistake. Yes, you could talk to each other and work towards 
trying to lose that weight, get in shape, or whatever the case may be. But the real key is, is you don't turn away from each other. Even if things are not perfect the way you want it, or the way you want your spouse to be. But rather, you relax with total acceptance, and otherwise you'll never be comfortable with each other. So that is a vulnerability that one needs to face with one another and to allow to be vulnerable with each other and accepting of each other, both in body and in mind and in their neshamas. And that enhances the sexual aspects to a very great degree. And that is the second item. The third item that could often cause a sexless life or to, uh, or to cause the couple to drift apart physically is if there's performance pressure. Performance pressure. Now, before we get to the point of performance pressure, first I want to say that one reason is very simple. Things that hold back people, uh, um, couples from connecting with one another could be premature ejaculation or rectal dysfunction or trouble with lubrication, low libido, and all these things that, and they're confused about that lower, or ashamed, or, or feel inferior about that lower desire, and they need to learn not to worry about it. Again, if there's a medical um, way to, you know, that they need help, there's ways to do it. Sometimes the religious upbringing, bringing, we talked about this a lot, where sex is viewed as something nasty, as something dirty, and shameful, that also could separate a couple and drift them apart and not be social, connect with each other physically. Something there's a medical condition, if there's colon issues, or halila ca- cancer, or other things with chemotherapy and other things that affect their body or their whatever whatever it is in many ways, that could ter- cause them to turn away from each other. Sometimes it's unrealistic expectations, and and all of these items I just mentioned. Um, we just mentioned in passing here, but each item deserves a separate share about how to go pa- get past it and what to do about it and how to overcome it. And Bez Hashem, we will try to address that in other shiurim. But right now we're talking about just simply the burden of the expectations, what they think their spouse expects from them. And that creates a burden that you have to do it this way, Am I lasting long enough? Am I hard enough? Am I moist enough? And are we having an orgasm at the same time? Are we capable of it? Is that happening? All these types of expectations that people put on themselves, which creates something called freezing, that they're unable to let go and just enjoy it. Paradoxically, the letting go could create a lot of those things but the not thinking about it creates the, the actual enhancing of it. But the pressure has to come off. This is something actually Viktor Frankl talked about in his books. One of his main theories are, were on the meaning to life and so on, which we're not going to get into right now. And then he has another theory that, that is really um, proven in science called paradoxical intention that sometimes what you need to do is do the opposite of what you want to achieve, and that actually gets you to what you want to achieve. And with sexual expectation on performance, this is exactly what we mean. Exactly what we mean. You need to, for a very long time, not worry about orgasm, yes, orgasm, not orgasm, long enough, uh, hard enough, this and that, and all these other things. 
No. The less pressure, the better. To remove those expectations. And I love you the way you are. And we're going to just enjoy the sex the way it is without overthinking it and just just simply being with one another. And as that happens for a long time, where there's an acceptance and where there's that lack of, do I, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to perform like that and or like that, then there's a removal of that and then the spontaneousness could kick in and that creates a tremendous, um, beautiful aspect to the sexual relationship. Because basically there is an implicit expectation of reaching a goal. And sex is not for the purpose to reach a goal of whatever that goal is. For a sexual connection between a husband and wife to last long term, it needs to be used not as a goal in and of itself, but as an opportunity to get to know each other deeply. That's really the tachlis behind it. And that is what enhances ultimately, that creates the actual physical connection to be more enhanced and better. And the fourth thing that could hold back a couple in, and get into a sexless marriage is insecurities. The people have a lot of insecurities about sex and um, they never talked about it with each other. And um, what happens a lot is that when the sex is active, you know, when they're actively sexually in the early part of their relationship in the marriage, it's easier to hide the insecurities. Very often, uh, they are by nature avoidant. They don't like getting close to people. They feel uncomfortable. But what happens is in the early points in marriage, because there's a whole high dopamine level, there's a high excitement. So what happens is, is that, that that excitement overrides the basic programming that you have that you want to really withdraw and avoid people, including close relationships like with a husband and with a wife. And what happens is, is when that dopamine wears off, and that 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 early stages goes you know wears wears off. Then that that original programming that you had of not liking to be close with, with somebody physically or emotionally comes and kicks in again. And for the person that has that within them, they need to really work on discussing their insecurities with others, competent, healthy people with their own spouse, learn how to deal with it and overcome their insecurities and talk with your husband and wife, with each other, face-to-face, straight in each other's eyes, looking at each other in each other's arms and discuss those insecurities, comfort each other about those insecurities. And that is a tremendous Pesach to bring back the sexual aspects of their relationship. And the fifth idea is, is that you need to understand what sex is not for. Now, the icker of it is not to have a pleasure, a high pleasure, a pleasure high, or a stress relief. Now, I'm going to say something on the side here, that when a couple does this from time to time, or even pretty often, that they decide together, they want to have that pleasure high together, something spontaneous, and and let's have that fun and enjoy that pleasure, or or prepare a night where they'll both be rested and experience it, and they want to get on that high here and there. That's 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 okay. That's even a good thing. That could sometimes spark things, and it's highly encouraged as long as you don't hyper focus on it. It's a good thing to do sometimes, or for stress relief also. But those high pleasure 
goals of sex or stress relief sex alone, although that's wonderful to practice, but to work long-term, that is not enough. To work long-term, that alone won't do it. That alone will wear out. That alone will dissipate. Rather, sex is really the purpose of it, is to improve the quality and the opportunity to have that deeper emotional bond between them, to work together. Just like you work together when you work together on the chinuch of your children, and you work together cleaning the house together, or you work together preparing a simcha that you prepared, a shaver brachas for another family, and you're working together. Or you're working together, whatever. You're working together in sex too. You're working together in the bedroom. You're a team. You're working together to connect, to enhance each other's life with the goal of being sensitive to each other, responsive to each other, warm to each other, affectionate to each other, at ease as a collaborating effort, and to have that wonderful experience for the both of them and not one at the expense of the other. And that too is very, very important. And um, the one last thing that I will add to this year that I feel is very crucial and very true is that sex also has a healing repair aspect to it. If you know how to use it right, if you use it indeed for that purpose, that it's not just for a pleasure high, although sometimes a couple could engage in that and have fun and that's beautiful. It's not just for stress relief, although... If it's used for that too, also wonderful. But it's used as a, a connection for emotional bond, like we just said. It can also heal. It can also repair. It can heal hurts and injuries of the past. Very often people go to therapists to heal past hurts, whether they were sexual in nature or not sexual in nature. And when one needs that outside help, they should certainly try to get that outside help. But the truth is, is that a lot of that healing a couple can do on their own. A husband, a wife, both of them, if they had painful experiences in the past, whether it was sexual related or not, even if it wasn't, insecurities, some painful childhood experiences, when in the bedroom, in, in that connecting, in that sexual, physical way, a couple does indeed have that power to create a healing in one another. And, 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 and to really, really um, build each other up with it. It's a deep concept. It's something that I haven't discussed that much yet. It's something that I need to do more research on, and I'm working on it. But it is true that their sex has many, many healing aspects to it. So to review the shear in a nutshell, we talked about five aspects of how a couple could lead to a sexless marriage and how to counteract that. And the first thing was, is you need to get to know each other in a deeper way. And like we said, you could be married for 5, 10, 20, 30 plus years and you think you know that your spouse like a book, but only superficially. You never ask the deep meaning questions of what really means to them. Once you do that and you start working on that, the curiosity kicks in, the interest kicks in, the emotional connection kicks in, and your sex life gets more enhanced. Number two is is to learn how to relax and to be accepting of one another and to remove the anxiety that you have regarding the physical relationship and about the vulnerability of it, about being naked and all that. 
And very often you would think someone's married already for 30 years that, you know, they're, they're not, they're not um, embarrassed or they're not self-conscious, but very often they are. They're still self-conscious even after 10, 20, 30 years of marriage. And they need to learn to overcome that aspect of it. A third thing we talked about is not to focus on performance. Performance pressure could, could, could do the opposite and create more stress freezing, unable to enjoy it. And therefore, the important thing is to do the exact opposite and to let go and to just be there for one another, not to and to use sex as a goal to get to know each other. When you do that, then Mimela automatically, without even thinking, thinking it through and spontaneously, the actual performance will enhance, but, not, but you have to do the opposite, not focus on it. And the fourth thing also is the insecurities we have about the sexual relationship to remove. People sometimes are avoidant that it didn't show up in the early stages, but now it does. And they need to connect with one another again and be face to face and discuss their insecurities, both outside the bedroom insecurities and their insecurities they have about the vulnerability of being sexual and being physical and to to talk about it and to be face to face with one another and to and without rejection, and without avoidance, to connect that way. And the fifth thing is, is to understand that while sex has its other nice purposes of a high pleasure high that a couple could both seek um, to spark, to put a jump start something, or to really give each other some pleasure, or relief of stress, but like we said, that is not the main tachlis of it. The main tachlis of it is to work together to create that emotional bond, to be sensitive to each other, and to be at ease with each other. And the last thing we talked about is the healing aspects of the sexual relationship. If a couple really commits to this, works, of course, on all the aspects outside the bedroom, as we always said, but inside the bedroom too, and they work together with it, with all those five items we said, talked about, they could actually create a tremendous amount of healing and a lot of emotional wounds could be healed by that physical intimate connection that a husband and wife have together with one another. Hatzlacha and bracha.